Welcome to the Holistic Psychiatry Podcast. I'm Courtney Snyder, a physician and holistic adult and child psychiatrist. In this podcast, I will be talking about our inner wisdom. Other terms would be our inner teacher, inner authority, and inner knowing that some of us would even refer to as the soul. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you might have noticed in the last few weeks that I'm choosing topics that are toggling back and forth between the left and right brain. Not only is this a right brain topic today, it is arguable that this is the right hemisphere that is where our inner wisdom resides. To make this useful to those of us who live largely out of our left brains, We need to remember that if we ignore our inner wisdom, our physiology will undoubtedly be impacted. When we go against this part of ourselves, or we don't create space to hear it, we are causing physiologic stress. And what that stress can do is cause elevated stress hormones, inflammation, and can even make it harder for us to detoxify. So at a cellular level, it will be harder to heal and to thrive. So how do we know if we are well connected to that inner wisdom? The best ways to know is if we create a space to hear this inner teacher. Are we always busy or do we make time to be alone, to be still, to have silence and to make a point to check in with ourselves? Do we take a walk? Do we write in a journal? Do we have a conversation with a trusted friend, someone who's really able to listen, have a vocabulary to describe this aspect of ourselves, words that don't necessarily require a religious or even psychological framework? If we're parents, do we teach our children how to make time and create space for this inner aspect of themselves? Another way we can evaluate if we are connected to our inner wisdom is to recognize if we're able to honor that in others. Do we tell people what we think they should do? Do we believe that we know better than they do what is their best choice in their own life? If this is the case, that we're not honoring their inner teacher, then it suggests that we can't recognize that aspect within them, and that indicates we often can't recognize that aspect within ourselves. And lastly, we might consider if we're living largely out of our left hemisphere, thinking in black and white terms, being very linear, detail-oriented, everything being right or wrong, if we hear things like, I shouldn't, or what will they think, or what will they say, then we are likely operating from the outside rather than from the other way around rather than from this inner place. So our ego will focus on outside expectations, people pleasing, and the soul or that inner wisdom can often even make our ego a little nervous, suggesting that if we listen to that inner wisdom, then we might have to take some risks, we might have to have some courage, and that the outcome may be less certain. But typically, if we can pull back to see the big picture and our next step, our solution is right there. So again, if we're thinking largely from a less brain perspective and we're not able to pull back, then we likely are not well accessing that inner teacher that has so much to offer. So what are reasons we may not value our inner authority? 
First, maybe as children, we had to focus on outside elements to survive even. Maybe we were in an authoritarian family system that taught us how to obey, or maybe we were taught to pay more attention to our parents' emotions than our own. Maybe we were taught to always obey authority, even blindly so. Education and our educational system, in part out of necessity, some of that inner wisdom can be squelched. And we may have had authoritarian teachers, coaches, and school settings, teams, group dynamics, and eventually workplace settings can all run counter to this idea of having an inner knowing. We can teach our children how to people-please their way up through these settings and systems only to further lose themselves in the process. We can all evaluate our own particular influences. Another way we can lose this inner wisdom is through media and marketing. We can't help but have our wants and beliefs influenced if we have a lot of exposure, again, coming in from the outside, and we can easily lose our greatest source of reliable information. And lastly, we can all be impacted by issues around self-worth. Maybe we simply can't imagine that within us lies our greatest resource. We simply never have been introduced. How does our inner wisdom actually speak to us? Just as we can't have a healthy relationship with our spouse, partner, friends, even our children, if we're not making time to effectively listen, the same applies here. But even if we don't, often our inner knowing will demand to be heard. And that could be just passing thoughts, but it could also be in the form of physical symptoms, psychiatric symptoms, and even addictive behaviors. Part of us may or may not be conscious that there is simply something we are not wanting to face or feel. Maybe that something is staying in a career we don't like or staying in an unhappy relationship. Maybe our inner voice is nudging us to have that difficult conversation, to take that risk. It is often when we are being called to do something difficult that requires courage when our inner voice is wanting to be heard. But we can always start with the small things and know that the bigger conversations with our inner wisdom will come with time. Inner knowing may speak to us in pain symptoms. It may speak to us in feelings of anxiety or irritability. It may give us a sense of urgency, a feeling that we can't delay, that life is short. Obviously, I'm a believer that there are a number of root causes to things like anxiety, depression, and addiction, but going against ourselves is absolutely one of them. Defying ourselves can be powerfully destructive. Remember that there are a number of ways to heal and get from A to B. Some people will go after their biochemistry. Some people will focus on aligning their life with their unique purpose and desires, and I'm really about doing both and integrating both. I do think it's hard to heal and or thrive if we're in a daily situation that doesn't resonate with who we are. I believe also that our inner voice can speak to us through regret, not to torture us, but to say, listen, regret is a great teacher. 
And it usually occurs when we have gone against that inner judgment, when we know we made a choice against ourselves. While I think regret can be a teacher, I don't think anyone should stay in that place. I think we can take anything and turn it into an opportunity, an opportunity to become closer to our inner wisdom and knowing and to learn the value of listening to it. So just like a disagreement or conflict can bring closeness in any relationship, so can be the case with our inner wisdom. So for parents, I would like to read something that I wrote about 11 years ago for another website that I had. And at the time, my daughter was five, and the Penn State sexual abuse cases were coming to light. And though this was in an athletic department, it could have been a religious institution, educational setting, the military Really, I think anywhere where there's hierarchical systems, there's a vulnerability to abuse. And so the blog post was called Reclaiming Inner Authority in a Hierarchical World Gone Mad, Reflections on Penn State. And I won't read the whole thing, but I want to read part of it because I think it can help us be mindful of how we can help our children and how we can help them grow in inner wisdom. So until about a year ago when my daughter would say she didn't like someone, I'd be quick to defend that person, even if I agreed with my daughter. He or she was just being whatever. They are just that way. They didn't mean to. I said this out of fear that she might become disrespectful to adults or authority. Unknowingly, I was shutting her down. As she and I have grown, I've learned that her perception, like most children, about people is usually spot on and that she won't be disrespectful to others. Her father and I aren't, even when we don't care for someone. I've learned that one of the most important things I can do as her mother is to listen to her, to her voice, the voice that will be her inner voice as she moves into adulthood. If my life were to end tomorrow, I'd hope I've done everything I could to teach my daughter to follow her heart, something I write about often. But a happy and useful life isn't simply about following what brings you joy, It's about avoiding what brings you misery. So to my writings, I would add, if you feel someone is creepy, they probably are. If you feel someone is mean, they probably are. If you feel someone is overly friendly, they probably are. If you feel someone makes everything about them, they probably do. If you feel that something is wrong, it probably is. If you feel someone has hurt your feelings, they have. If you want them in your life, tell them how you feel. A true friend and loved one wants to know. The response is, you are so sensitive. Oh, you're overreacting. I was just joking. Are not acceptable. If you feel someone is finding humor at your expense, they probably are. Beware of people who enjoy practical jokes and hurtful sarcasm. If you feel someone's feelings take up so much room that there's no room for anyone else's, then they probably are. Do not make excuses for others' behaviors. Beware of people and institutions that idolize and follow blindly. Beware of people who care more about their image or their institution than they do about people. If you find yourself in a relationship with someone who hurts your feelings and doesn't want to understand your hurt, do not tolerate it. It will be up to them to self-reflect, seek therapy, or do whatever they have to do. If you want to help them, Know that the most helpful thing you can do is to not allow them to hurt you. If they do not change, and they may not, 
You must move on. Life is short. There is an abundance of kind and loving people in the world. You won't find them if you're wasting your life with those who don't know how to love or care. The quality and value of your life will be determined not only by who you choose to spend time with, but by who you choose not to spend time with. Listen to your feelings and you will choose well. So she was five at the time, but I wrote that with the intention of her having that as she got older. And I wrote it for me to remind me to listen to her so that she would be learning how to listen to herself. So if you don't already, then I hope you consider having a chat with your own soul. Or if that makes you uncomfortable, you might consider introducing your left hemisphere to your right hemisphere. And remember, there's always a place within us, often that is severely neglected, that holds great wisdom, creativity, and solutions to our biggest and smallest problems. While teachers, religious and spiritual leaders... Mentors, doctors, Facebook groups can all be great resources. No one ultimately is more profound than our own inner judgment. In fact, I would question the wisdom of a spiritual teacher who isn't teaching us all to listen to ourselves. If you'd like to learn more about root causes of brain-related symptoms, please visit my website at CourtneySnyderMD.com. If you would like, you can subscribe to receive notification of new podcasts. And if you'd like to help me get this information out into the world, please consider commenting, liking, sharing on social media sites, or if you have an opportunity on a podcast site that allows you to do that, please consider doing that as well. I look forward to connecting with you on another podcast. And until then, take care. Bye-bye.